0: welcome to fringe with benefits episode 70 back again for another installment of truth media is it weird suspicious stacy is on it if the pursuit for truth was a movement i'm at the forefront ready to pull down the curtain for all to see i believe that the supernatural and the paranormal is key to getting the rest of humanity to look at the bare truth if one were to believe in ghosts and extraterrestrials they might be so inclined to believe that there are blood-sucking elite bloodlines out there to control us And if we can't be controlled and enslaved, they want us dead. Therefore, my job here is to come to you to scramble your brain on all things anomalous, peculiar, weird, and abnormal. Stacy's Socials this week is brought to you by Stacy. Let's start with the New York Post says that U.S. regulators on Thursday strictly limited who can receive the Johnson & Johnson clot shot because of rare but serious blood clots. You like how they put extremely rare in there? FDA said the shot should only be given to adults who cannot receive the others, which means the Moderna or what's the other one? Pfizer. In December, the CDC recommended prioritizing the Moderna and Pfizer shots over J&J because of safety. Previously, U.S. officials had treated all three vaccines similarly because they each been shown to offer strong protection, but follow-up studies have consistently shown lower effectiveness for J&Js, and the blood clots seen with the J&Js are rare, but they're still occurring. Isn't that funny? It's rare, but they're still occurring. Federal scientists identified 60 cases. Now, I'm telling you people, this is way less than what was really going on, including nine that were fatal as of mid-March. We're not gonna go through what that amounts to because their numbers are just crap. Under the new FDA instructions, the J&J vaccine could still be given to people who had severe allergic reactions to one of the other vaccines. So you're telling me that if somebody had a severe allergic reaction to one of the other vaccines, they're gonna give them the clot shot one? This, and they're also saying that it can be an option for people who refuse to receive the mRNA vaccines from Pfizer and Moderna, and therefore would otherwise remain unvaccinated. A J&J spokesperson said in an emailed statement, quote, data continued to support a favorable benefit risk profile for the J&J COVID-19 vaccine in adults when compared with no vaccine, end quote. Now, they, they are saying that COVID-19 causes deadly blood clots on its own. The vaccine-linked kind is different, believed to form because of a rogue immune reaction to the J&J and AstraZeneca vaccines because of how they're made. It forms in unusual places such as veins that drain blood from the brain and in patients who also develop abnormally low levels of platelets that form clots. Symptoms of unusual clots include severe headaches a week or two after the vaccination, not right away, as well as abdominal pain and nausea. Additionally, they want to add warnings about the blood clots and rare neurological reactions called Guillain-Barre syndrome. So haven't we been screaming this from the frickin' hilltops for over a year? Yep. Next is another New York Post article about the FBI pulling clearances of employees that were at the January 6th rally. FBI is suspending these clearances who attended the rally. And they're calling it a riot, but I'm going to let you know that this was not a riot. If you want to see riot, see summer of 2020. Representative Jim Jordan, um, he's a Republican out of Ohio, if you don't already know who he is, he said, quote, one such targeted employee is working in the FBI's blank, who also honorably served in the U.S. military for over 20 years. He's been working for the FBI for more than a decade. According to whistleblowers, while on leave, those FBI employees attended public events in Washington, D.C. with their spouses. We've been told that this person and other FBI employees did not enter the state capitol, and have been ch- not been charged with any crime and they have not been contacted by law enforcement about their actions why would they suspend their c- security clearance you want to know why because they're MAGA okay they support Trump FBI employees face some limits on their political engagement for example they aren't allowed to partake in partisan political activity in a federal facility or use their official authority of influence to affect the result of an election hmm Jim Jordan, who is kind of a hero in my eyes, I didn't like him at first, but now I really like him. He has argued that joining a protest alone does not violate bureau rules. Quote, while FBI employees may not participate in partisan political campaigns, FBI employees do not give up their rights to engage in political speech activity. We have serious concerns that the FBI appears to be retaliating against employees for engaging in political speech disfavored by FBI leadership. The Justice Department, which includes the FBI, has charged nearly 800 people with crimes for storming the Capitol to disrupt certification of President Biden's victory in the Electoral College. The FBI is seeking tips on additional participants who entered the building or committed violent acts. Thousands of people attended a protest hosted by then President Donald Trump or hosted by now President Donald Trump And that was near the White House ahead of the, they're calling it a riot again, which I'm going, disclaimer, was not a riot. Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas's wife, Jenny Thomas, recently acknowledged she was there at the Stop the Still rally, premised on election fraud claims dismissed by the courts. The attitude that this administration's Justice Department has on Trump supporters is absolutely awful, it's discriminatory, and it is unconstitutional. Next is, um, okay, so we've all heard of this Ministry of Truth for, by the Homeland Security Secretary, or Homeland Security Department. Well, Rand Paul basically, during a congressional meeting, grilled Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayordas, who was testifying before the Senate Homeland Security and Government Affairs Committee on May 4th. In questioning from U.S. Senator Rand Paul, He was outlining the criteria that the Department of Homeland Security's Disinformation Governance Board, which he called a working group, uses to to identify disinformation through social media. Mayorkas said, allow me to share when we become involved in the Department of Homeland Security. We become involved when disinformation poses a threat to the security of our country. It is when there is a connectivity to a threat in our country. Then Senator Paul asked, do you think COVID disinformation threatens our national security? What about COVID disinformation? Is that in your ballot for your disinformation governance board? Mayorkas became defensive and he said, quote, it is not for us to take it down, Senator. We are not the public health experts to make those determinations, end quote. But then he contradictorily questioned what he should do if a social media post falsely claimed that COVID vaccines contained fentanyl which is outlandish, by the way. And he said, quote, should I sit back and take that or should I actually disseminate accurate information? End quote. But Paul was not merely asking a hypothetical question about the DHS disinformation government board might do in the future. He was asking a question based on what they've already been doing to remove alleged misinformation from social media since 2018. And that's because in 2018, Congress unanimously passed legislation, H.R. 3359, and which authorizes them to disseminate as appropriate information analyzed by the department within the department to other agencies of the federal government with responsibilities relating to homeland security and to agencies of state and local governments and private sector entities with such responsibilities in order to assist the deterrence prevention preemption of or response to terrorist attacks against the United States. The announcement of the Disinformation Governance Board censorship and clear violation of the First Amendment's protection of the freedom of speech and of the press has led to bills written by Senator Tom Cotton of Arkansas, Senator Josh Hawley of Missouri, and U.S. Representative Lauren Boebert from Colorado defunding this board. Now Senator Paul's questioning is revealing a government official whose own testimony about the Disinformation Governance Board is contradictory and inaccurately claims that the department only becomes involved when there's a security threat. Mayorkas concluded the questioning with Senator Paul by saying, quote, we are not the truth police, end quote. But we all know that that's not true. Mayorkas's own website says that the DHS and the CISA are routing disinformation concerns to appropriate social media platforms, and cited ex- specific examples on drug cartels, human trafficking, and COVID where this had occurred. Having the Department of so- Homeland Security flag social media posts and forwarding those concerns to social media, especially if it results in content being removed, is censorship and a clear violation of the First Amendment. Congress cannot shut DHS and CISA's disinformation Gover- governance board soon enough okay next frontline doctors they put out some really great stuff if you're not following them or not on their mailing list I suggest you go over and do that they are giving some of their um, features of doctor some pretty good articles This one is from Dr. Peterson Pierre, it's called No Good Reason to Jab Kids, and here are the six reasons you should not give your kids this vaccine. Number one, it's experimental, and it's really not FDA approved. Number two, they're not safe. There's over one million adverse events that have been recorded and over 40,000 deaths, and counting. Three, they're not effective, and they do not stop this disease, and they do not stop transmission. Four, they are not necessary. Natural immunity is far safer and more effective. Five, Omicron is mild. Six, kids under 18 are 51 times more likely to die from this shot than they are to die from this disease, if not vaccinated, pretty much. Next, we're going to talk about the ASH conformity experiment and the fact that the facilitators of this entire pandemic convinced nearly 5 billion people to go against what they know is real and valid, and to make safety choices based on what they thought the masses were also making. Billions of humans across the planet, from every continent, every country, conformed to what they believed most of what others were doing. Since we're social creatures, majority of humans want to be accepted, liked, And this is called conformity and the fear of non-conformity. And this experiment could be costing every one of us our health, our livelihood, our human rights, our medical freedoms. So this article goes on to say that most people know that vaccines take years to develop in labs, must go through extensive clinical trials before they are cast in the public domain. These other vaccines were rushed to market and labeled for emergency authorization and emergency use only. Billions of people knew they were taking part in a dangerous experiment, and they chose to do so because the mass media made them think everyone else was doing it before they even were. Most humans, while wearing this mask, would admit they cannot breathe properly and would remove it after a short period of time, using common sense to understand it would affect their health and well-being if they kept wearing it all day everywhere they went. The narrative was the opposite, though, convinced them that it was safe and effective to cut off 20% of their oxygen supply all day. This is another concocted conspiracy theory never proven to be real, because this virus still has yet to be isolated in a lab. PCR tests are all fake. We all have been knowing this one. It's another tool of this conformity experiment. So let's look at this conformity experiment. It shows that many of us will deny our own senses just to conform with others. We copy each other's dress, the way of talking or attitudes, without a second thought. How far does this go? Well, let's look at this figure in the article that is linked below. There is a picture. There's a card. It's got a line. And then a card next to it that says to com- with three lines. It says to compare the line on the left with the three lines on the right. You've got A, B, and C. Which of these three lines are the same length as the one? in the first card. So if you look at it, it's obviously C, but in Ash's conformity experiment conducted in the 1950s, 76% of people denied their own senses at least once, choosing either A or B. The fascinating thing about this experiment was that its creator, psychologist Solomon Ash, set out to prove the exact opposite. A previous experiment by Muzaffar Sharif found that when people were faced with making a judgment on an ambiguous test, they used other people's judgments as a reference point. To test his theory, he brought male undergraduates, one at a time, into a room with eight other people who were passed off as fellow participants. They were then shown three lines with another for comparison, similar to the figure above. Participants in the Ash conformity experiment were asked to call out which line A, B, or C was the same length as the reference line. This procedure was repeated 12 times with participants viewing variations of the above figure. What the participants didn't realize was that all the other people sat around the table were in on the game. They were all told by the experimenter to give the wrong answer. On half of the trials, they called out the line that was too short and the other half of the line that was too long. The real experimental participant in the conformity experiment, who knew nothing of this, was actually the sixth to call out their answer after five others, had given the wrong answer. The results were fascinating and not at all what he had expected. Here are his results. 50% of people gave the same wrong answer as the others on more than half the trials. Only 25% of participants refused to be swayed by the majority's false judgment. 5% always conformed with majority incorrect opinion, and we all know people like that. Over all the trials, the average conformity rate was 33%. Isn't that interesting? 33. And we all know what number that is. So why the hell did all the, most of the participants gone along with the majority? And so he interviewed them after the experiment, and their answers were, are familiar to all of us, and they are. All participants in the experiment felt ang- anxious, feared of disapproval from others, and became self-conscious. Most explained they saw lines differently to the group but then felt the group was correct. Some said they went along with the group to avoid standing out although they knew the group was wrong. And a small number actually said they saw the lines in the same way as the group. These findings of the Ash Conformity experiment were so startling they inspired many psychologists to investigate further and here are some of their findings. Ash himself found that, that if the participant only had to write down their answer while others had to call theirs out, conformity was reduced to 12.5%. An experiment with Deutsch and Gerard from 1955 still found conformity rates of 23%, even in conditions of high anonymity and high certainty about the answer. That, sh- that means that we conform even when people are not going to point us out. Those who are conformers typically have high levels of anxiety, low status, high need for approval, and often authoritarian personalities. Cultural differences are important in conformity because people from cultures which view conformity more favorably, typically Eastern societies, are more likely to conform. There's no surprise that we copy each other, but it's it's amazing that some people will go along with what other people say that they know is false. This article... It's pretty interesting because this is just giving us the brief definition of what the ASH conformity experiment is, says that in many situations we need conformity and that many aspects of our social lives would be much harder if we didn't conform to a certain extent, whether it's rules or just queuing in line at the post office. The dangers of conformity, as in the ASH conformity experiment, are only too well known. Just take a look at the implication of the Milgram experiment for a glimpse of what humans will do in the name of conformity. Sometimes it really is better if we think for ourselves rather than relying on what others say and do. Instead of using the Milgram experiment for an example, they might want to look at the German, the Holocaust of the Jewish people in Eastern Europe, in Europe and Eastern Europe. Because there were a lot of people that conformed to that and just kind of went along with what people were saying and murdered millions of people. Accountability segment this week. Let's go back to when we, I was talking about Missing411, David Paletti's and how he tells us to keep this GPS tracking device, and I couldn't remember what he had called it. Well, it's called Personal Locator Beacon. So he says whenever you're going out into the woods by yourself or even with friends, you should get one. You'd think that our cell phones were Personal Locator Beacons, but they're not as advanced, and, you know, they ping off of towers, not so much satellites. I guess I don't know anything about that technology, but that was the word that I had forgotten. Personal locator beacon. Get one. I have really tapered off on posting controversial stuff online. I'm just so freaking bent out of shape and just don't want to deal with it. I save it all for here. I pretty much have blocked anyone who is a nuisance to me on my socials. If they cannot handle my opinion and stance, they don't get to be my friend. I share things to my story for my friends interested. I shared a post about the vice president of Pfizer being arrested due to what was in the latest document dump. A family member who, by the way, doesn't react or interact with any of my account at all unless I post something about being on TV. She messages me a Snopes article about how that report wasn't true. But if she knew me at all, she would know that I think that Snopes isn't a reliable source. Basically, if they're quick to fact check something, I know that it's true. I'm not the only person who feels this way. It's backwards world. Whatever mainstream says isn't true, is true. And what they say is true, is not. That's how it works for all you who are conformists. It's backwards. Now, I know you guys think that that's crazy, but I know that the people that are listening know exactly what I'm talking about. Regarding my interview this week, we have another edition of Have You Heard with Ashley Joe from Into the River podcast. I realize the information is from last week, but I think it's still relevant. Be mindful that when we speak on issues, that it's solely our opinion and that there is no need to be offended or bothered by it. Also, if you already are a listener to her podcast, we are a week behind and you will be hearing our same discussion. So skip ahead to Inward Survival School of Magic if you don't want to hear it again. Next for business, follow me on all the socials. Telegram is linked below. There's a Patreon. You know, if, if you guys want gated content, I will produce some, but I don't you know, I really don't have the the listenership or the followership that calls for that yet, which is which is weird. I'm wondering if I showed more tits and ass on my social media that I might get more followers, who knows? InwardSurvival.com is there it's still going thank you julia and twitter is at stacy french that's the account that needs some love you can follow me at golden underscore valkyrie or no golden valkyrie drop the e and then of course instagram is golden underscore valkyrie underscore if you're interested in some fuck the mainstream apparel go to forbidden clothes linked below and use my promo code fringe if you want to send me a story send them to fringe with at protonmail.com if you want to remain anonymous that's totally fine i will not mention your name or your email address of course i wouldn't do that just tell me some stories about the time you saw a ghost you saw a ufo you saw bigfoot you saw whatever kind of cryptid i know you've had some crazy stories because every time i go anywhere and talk to anybody about the supernatural everyone's got a story so take 10 minutes and email me at, fringewithbenefits at protonmail.com. Obviously, my mailbag has been kind of sad. Oh, another thing is if you want to be interviewed or you've got enough to talk about for about an hour, we could talk conspiracy theories. We can talk about your personal subjective view on what's going on in the current world today. That's totally fine make sure you send me an email at fringewithbenefits at protonmail.com. We all know that this podcast is on several platforms, and it's interesting to know that at any time, I could be deplatformed. My First Amendment right could be basically squashed if they want to. We're going to talk about the Spotify platform rules. They recently put up a link right before you post a new episode. It says read our platform rules. And so I'm like, okay, well maybe I'm breaking some rules. Let's read through these. I want to show you how hypocritical and how out of their minds they are with these rules. It says that Spotify is a home to communities where people can create, express themselves, listen, share, learn, and be inspired. Don't promote violence, incite hatred, harass or engage in any other behavior that may place people at risk of serious physical harm or death. What to avoid? Content that advocates or glorifies serious physical harm towards an individual or group. This includes, but may not be limited to, encouraging, promoting or glorifying suicide and self-harm, inciting or threatening serious physical harm or acts of violence against a specific target or a specific group, or content that promotes or supports violent extremist organization. Now, does that does that apply to everybody? Does that apply to um, leftists that are shouting from the rooftops that they're glad that riots are happening, and they're glad that Antifa is attacking crisis pregnancy centers, or they're glad that they're burning shit down because riot is rioting is a form of communicating needs of society and it's really interesting that they don't seem to stifle their speech what was it the mayor of Chicago Lori Lightfoot didn't she just have a call to arms to people that it's time for them to have a call to arms what does that mean isn't that inciting violence next is content that targets an individual or identifiable group for harassment or related abuse This is repeatedly targeting specific individuals with sexual advances, sharing, threatening to share, or encouraging others to share someone's private information. Kind of like they did to SCOTUS and Supreme Court members, and how people that are protesting, granted they're protesting peacefully, but it's illegal to protest outside the home of a Supreme Court member. We're not supposed to harass our court officials. Next is content that incites violence or hatred towards person or group based on race, religion, gender identity, expression, sex, ethnicity, nationality, sexual orientation, veteran status, age, disability, or other characteristics associated with systemic discrimination or marginalization. I believe, I believe that this is a good thing to do, but also it doesn't, it doesn't apply across the board. Also, it says surprising. Praising, supporting, or calling for violence against a person or group of people based on characteristics listed above. Dehumanizing statements about a person or group based on the protected characteristics listed above. Wouldn't you say that there is some systemic discrimination going on against MAGA supporters? I would say so. Even our own president is saying that they are the... the, The most extremist group in the country, which is insanely stupid. It makes no sense at all. Promoting or glorifying hate groups and their associated images. What about the Azaz over in Ukraine? They have some hateful associated images. What about content that promotes dangerous, false, or dangerous deceptive medical information that may cause offline harm or pose a threat direct to the public health? This is is including asserting that AIDS, COVID-19, cancer, or other life-threatening diseases are a hoax or not real. So we can't hypothesize that maybe since COVID-19 wasn't ever isolated in a lab that there might be something fishy about that or that maybe it's a theoretical idea that it actually is a virus. Maybe viruses don't even totally exist. Maybe we don't even really know. It's, it's against our first amendment right for anybody to tell us that we can't speak on those things or to hypothesize what reality might be. Next, this is ridiculous. You may not encourage the consumption of bleach products to cure various illnesses and diseases. Who's ever said that? I know Trump didn't, but who's ever encouraged people to consume bleach products to treat any diseases? Next, this is one that I violated several times. Promoting or suggesting that vaccines approved by local health authorities are designed to cause death. What if they haven't been approved by local health authorities? What if people are being coerced by local health authorities and they're actually tyrants and they're abusing their power? Here's another one, encouraging people to purposely get infected with COVID-19 in order to build immunity to it. You can't say this on this platform. Not that I would ever tell anybody to go purposely get infected with anything, even to build immunity. But at least they're admitting that there's such a thing as called immunity. Here's another one. Content that illicitly promotes the sale of regulated or illegal goods. This is illegal guns, illegal drugs, endangered species or products derived from endangered species. Okay. What about the sale of aborted fetal cells or aborted baby parts? Which is actually illegal to deal in, but our health officials do it all the time. We've talked about that here. What about content that promotes, solicits, or facilitates child sexual abuse or exploitation? Uh, Netflix, Ring a bell, and that filthy, nasty movie about the girls that were dancing. So that includes visual depictions of a minor engaged in a sexual act or lascivious depictions of a nude minor. Promoting acts of sexual abuse against a child in exchange for money. Encouraging or promoting sexual attraction by adults towards minors. What was that movie called about the little girls that were on the dance troupe? Wouldn't you consider that encouraging or promoting sexual attraction by adults towards minors? Or even just the, the suggestion that um, we should start calling pedophiles minor attracted people. How about promoting or normalizing or glorifying child grooming behaviors? Kind of like the Department of Education is doing across the nation. Okay, here's more. Deceptive content. We're not allowed to use malicious practices to deceive others, which is fine. I get it. But this is basically putting one's own accountability and responsibility to protect oneself in the hands of other people. And I don't think that's right to do. So obviously content that impersonates others in order to deceive Content that promotes manipulated and synthetic media is authentic in ways that pose a risk of harm. And content that attempts to manipulate or interfere with election-related processes. Hasn't that been going on across social media platforms for the last couple of years? If not before then? Misleading content promoted to intimidate or suppress voters from participating in an election. That must be that voter ID thing they're talking about. And then we have content that attempts to take advantage of the Spotify community. Nobody's, nobody's going to try to fish. Nobody's going to try to scam, at least none of my listeners or, or myself, so I wouldn't go there. How about sensitive content? Well, there's a few things that they do not allow. We cannot post excessively violent or graphic content, and we are not allowed to post sexually explicit content. Content that promotes graphic or gratuitous depictions of violence, gore, or other shocking imagery including and may not be limited to severely mutilated or dismembered bodies, promoting animal cruelty or wh- torture. I know I've listened to a lot of true crime podcasts that have talked about all of these things, that they were all, it was all pretty graphic. Should they be censoring people's speech when discussing these things? And sexually explicit material basically, basically covers the whole gamut, advocating or glorifying sexual themes related to rape, incest, or bestiality. And then we got illegal content. What to avoid? This is content that avoids applicable laws and regulations, makes sense, or do not infringe on the intellectual property rights of another. And then what happens if you break these rules? Well, they take them pretty seriously and they keep the context in mind when making them. So they use a subjective stance when enforcing these rules. So breaking the rules may result in the content being removed and repeated and egregious violations may result in accounts being suspended and or terminated. These platform rules will help assure that Spotify remains an open and safe platform for all. We will continue to evaluate and update this information as needed, so they might change it. So when it came down to whether or not I was gonna use Spotify music in the podcast, that would open them up to be able to listen to it or they would actually have to review the material in order for me to post with Spotify Music. So I have opted not to. Do you blame me?
1: Welcome back everyone to Into the River and Fringe with Benefits. I'm here with Stacey for another episode of Have You Heard, where we're going to cover some of the topics that have been happening since we last spoke. What's up, sister?
0: (laughs) What's up? Good to be back. Like I was messaging you like, when are we going to do this again? Because it's got to be done.
1: Uh, Yeah, a lot has happened. A lot of things coming down the pipeline. Obviously, it's a midterm year. So I'm not going to Assume that there won't be more
0: shit, <laughs> but what do you want to kick us off with? Um, oh, well, first I want to talk about this new documentary. Have you heard about this propaganda exposed documentary? It's at the truthaboutcancer.com. I would suggest everybody goes over there and signs up. I think the first episode came out today. So they're getting all these uh, truthers coming out and talking about how they have hidden um, the cure of cancer to us, um, from us. They have hidden, of course, you know, the ivermectin and the hydroxychloroquine, all the other treatments for the, the infamous pandemic supposed virus out there that, that basically killed a bunch of us by mistreating us. And They've been doing this to us for generations upon generations. So if you haven't heard about it, go sign up at the truthaboutcancer.com. And I think it's being done by it's propaganda exposed. Um, you, you're going to see a lot of familiar faces on there, but I definitely had to tell you about that and all your listeners about that, because as many people as we can need to be listening to this and it, spreading it around, it's a good way to get our, our friends and family who aren't a part of the truth or community um, educated about what's been going on because it's not like this stuff hasn't been put in front of them before, but maybe presented in more of a documentary style and not YouTube videos, it might, I don't know, it might sway some people to look at that stuff a little closer than maybe they have in the past.
1: That's really exciting. I would like to look into that. I know that they have been lying. Um, Mm -hmm. My boyfriend's sister passed away from adult leukemia at around 30 years old, and it's really heartbreaking, but he said what killed her was a heart attack from the chemo. Oh my God. And it's, it's devastating. Yeah. I think we're coming on 10 years now since she's passed, but, um, it got him and his family really passionate about learning and they were really frustrated at the way that it was treated. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's just one of those things where we don't know. And they've hidden so many of these cures from us. And I do believe that cancer is curable. I actually watched something recently. Um, it was Tori said's last episode, she went into, um energy frequencies sound mm-hmm. frequencies and saying basically everything is energy everything is frequencies and that there's certain frequencies where cancer cannot exist. Yeah. And I think that's, that's awesome. really interesting and it's just heartbreaking to me that I they are hiding the cures. Do you mm-hmm. believe that too?
0: Yeah. I watched my dad die of cancer. He had stomach cancer. Um, actually it was a spot on his lung that was misdiagnosed by the VA. They, they were treating him for a thoracic injury and, this spot on his lung. They just let it go. They were treating some back injury Well, it spread to his upper stomach and the lining of his stomach. And then before you knew it, he was, he couldn't process his food. He couldn't have, you know, a bowel movement. It was just all swelling. He was so uncomfortable and so sick. Um, so there, by the time they figured out what it was, it was already stage four. So they gave him a hardcore dose of chemo, which, left him really really sick and then they sent him home and gave my mom fentanyl patches to for his pain and so as instructed she put a fentanyl patch on him and that night i don't know if it dumped on him but he was like trying to crawl to get her attention she had to um take him to the emergency room and from there he wasn't the same it was like it was like they gave her the drugs to kill him and then and then he was gone from there it took a a couple days for his body to die because he was already gone but it was it was really traumatic to watch him go that way because he was strong like just a couple months before he was doing like 50 push-ups helping me fix my car like no problems whatsoever and it's like He's got stomach cancer, and you'd think that his doctor, the oncologist, or whoever would put him on an all raw foods diet and like drastically change what he was eating, but they didn't. They were feeding him cream of wheat and fucking jello, and he had stomach cancer. You yeah, know? my
1: mom would go off on this right now. My father has had issues. He had ulcerative colitis, he got it very young, and he's been in and out of the hospital his whole life. He almost died multiple times medical malpractice like you wouldn't believe and it forced my mom into educating herself on nutrition and health and she's just been a lifelong student of all of this but mm-hmm. that was one of her biggest complaints in the hospital was what they gave him these mm-hmm. bags of basically she would read the ingredients it's sugar Mm-hmm. It's just like corn syrup essentially. And it's disgusting, yeah. she's just like, what are you feeding him? Like we already know what sugar does with disease and inflammation. It's just like, it, it's so disgusting. And because of her journey with him, he ended up having his colon removed and, and had a doctor, one of the top doctors in the country on the cover of magazines with big donors, you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Uh, essentially experiment on my dad. And this has happened multiple times, but Uh, finally he's free from it after decades of this struggle and malpractice and it forced her to uh, learn to be an advocate and that's something that I'm glad we're talking about because especially in these times with everything going on I think it's made a lot of people realize that we can't always trust our medical professionals and it's not because they're nefarious essentially it's a lot of them have horrible training mm-hmm. as we know i think they're given like a very one small class or a couple hours on nutritional health but everything else is about pharmaceuticals and addressing the symptoms not the cure and she learned to be an advocate for my father and now because of her education um, a lot of nurses and doctors don't like her but she's saved my dad's life multiple times right. in my opinion and yeah. And she's, that's one thing that people don't realize is they just want to say, okay, and go along with whatever the professionals say, mm-hmm. but that's rarely the case. And we have to learn to do our own research and education on these things. I'm sorry about your dad. I, it's honestly disgusting what they get away with. It's one thing to make a mistake. It's another thing to be giving people
0: these really dangerous drugs. Mm-hmm. I know. Yeah. And- <sighs> Has has she studied at all the Gerson therapy? Probably. Would
1: you remind me of that?
0: Well, it's a therapy in which they put them. So it's a, a Dr. Gerson. I can't think of his first name, but um, he was literally driven out of the country by big pharma. Um, he may have had his license taken away. Um, I don't remember the backstory, but there's a couple documentaries about it. And he, he put people on these whole, whole and raw food diets. He swore that it was the foods that we were eating, ultra processed foods, fake foods, all kinds of really weird chemicals that they put in our foods that was actually causing, or at least helping the the cancer grow to grow. And he was the advocate for, of course, raw fruits and vegetables and juicing and just raw foods diet, but also these coffee enemas, which I've, I've tried myself. And it's supposed to, you use, um, a totally organic coffee and you do it very carefully and you don't want to do it too much, but I'm telling you what it, what it does is it goes through, um, the artery that's next to your colon. I cannot think of, is it the renal artery? I, I don't remember what artery it is, but it, it is able to get into your bloodstream super fast and there's some sort of antioxidants or um, free radical scavengers in the coffee itself. And it gets right into your bloodstream and it freaking demolishes everything. And when I did it, because I've always had digestive issues and I've always, I grew up in a really bad environment for, you know, just bad diet, just baby boomers were told to eat total, you know, all these preservatives, all these chemicals, all these ultra refined foods. And I was the product of a mom who that's what she fed me. That's what we grew up on. And so my health was really bad. And when I tried this, well, I had studied it for quite some time and it took me a couple of years to get the courage up to actually do it. And I did it. And I'm telling you what I felt incredible. And I've heard that people have, can become addicted to them and do them too much. Um, You don't want to do that, of course, because it could be slightly dangerous and They tell you to consult your healthcare professionals, but no doctor, unless he's a holistic doctor is going to be like, yeah, it's fine to stick coffee in your butt, (laughs) but it was great. And I, I will, I will do another one eventually, but yeah, it was fantastic. And I, I really wish that I would have been able to be an advocate for my dad, but he was so sick of hearing my shit, even though he used to tell me the FDA is out to kill us. They're full of shit. It was like, um, when it came time for me, you know, I tried to tell him, but you know how it is when you don't want to push things on people because it becomes exhausting for them. And they just, they put that wall up and they don't want to listen. And so, you know, I did what I could and, um, it was just, it's really sad to see people get so sick and not know what else to do besides allow these doctors to pump them full of poison, you know? So Absolutely. yeah
1: and it's a really diff, it's a difficult situation especially I've been in numerous situations where someone had you know stage 4 cancer or whatever and didn't make it but in that moment, they're so busy processing everything and dealing with all of it and the stress that mm-hmm. you want so badly to share all your information, but it can feel overwhelming and you want to have that respect. And yeah, I think there's a lot of people who can relate to that. Yeah, absolutely. No, I want to look into that. I've heard about the coffee enemas and I'm like, did you do it yourself or did you go somewhere? I did it myself. So I bought yeah, myself. Like I would much rather do it at home. Yeah. <laughs>
0: For sure, because you really need you need the privacy, <laughs> butt stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it, it, you know your nerves get up, but um, when I did it, I felt I felt incredible. Like all right, when I was yeah. done, I just cleaned my whole house. I felt had so much freaking energy. Well, of course, you just I had direct fucking intravenous <laughs> caffeine, but you have to do use the right kind of coffee and get yourself an Enema Kit online and, um, that's amazing handle business. Yeah. Well, I'm
1: going to look into that for sure. She might is, I'm sure she's looked into it. She's looked into all of it. Um, I think my parents are more on a carnivore thing right now. I think they're lenient on it, but I run it. I know it's not for everyone, but for mm-hmm. my dad specifically, it, he's at the weight he was at when he was 18 years old. That's awesome. And it's because of carnivore. I think he deviates slightly, but mm-hmm. for whatever reason, it works for him and people with like autoimmune issues. I've heard really mm-hmm. good things about carnivore. It healed Jordan and McKay to- Michaela Peterson yeah I tried it it's not easy and it wasn't for me but Mm. I think everyone's different so that's fascinating
0: yeah for some reason it's ultra healing like it it allows the body to heal itself and we've been told otherwise you know like don't eat red meat don't eat too many eggs don't eat too much animal fat it's all a lie you know well part of it is um
1: what I was reading about it when I did it I did lose like eight pounds in a week and I started Whoa. I mean my body my body started probably a lot of it was inflammation and water weight but I did I did a vegan diet for like a, a vegan cleanse and then I went straight into carnivore which sounds weird but I w- my body looked so amazing without even working out but it just wasn't sustainable I got to the point where I would like drive by a cow and be like want to throw out like I couldn't even think about beef <laughs> Any level is like the texture and everything that's making me crazy, but um, yeah, the thing I read was that basically meat liquefies in the digestive system, like it breaks down really easily, mm-hmm. so it gives your digestive system a chance to take a break, kind of it's weird because you don't go to the bathroom as much because of the way that it digests, and I wouldn't think that I would think meat would be different, but yeah
0: that's wild. That is crazy.
1: It is Uh, crazy. Um, on the topic of diet, I just had to bring up, I don't even know if I should do this to the listeners, but don't research garbage feeding. If you want to ever eat pig again,
0: (laughs) have you heard of this? Is this, do they give the, the pigs garbage? What is it? And
1: it's like 26 states, this is legal. It's literally called garbage feeding. And there was a man, someone passed along. I'm going to put the link below to this chick's Instagram. Um, if anyone wants to watch it, you'll probably, I have my boyfriend and I quit eating pork um, probably two months ago because of it. I had to get rid of it and I was all nitrate free, hormone free. No, I can't. We We won't do it because this guy worked at this facility and basically he showed this conveyor belt of, you know, like old food, like, in the plastic bags, like old bread and all this stuff, all of it and the plastic got broken down together and then put into a dust that they add to the food. So there's like plastics in the food they're eating the pigs, which is really messed up that they would do that to the animal, but also
0: mm. then we
1: eat the bacon. So mm. and this guy got fired for being a whistleblower, but he took videos and then I looked it up and sure enough, it is legal. And then I'm looking at my products, like, does this company use it? And I couldn't find anything if they could or couldn't. So I'm like, all right, bacon's out.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's like they, if they're, if it's going to be legal, they should put it on the labels on food or at least, you know, snap, slap a sticker on it. Like, Hey, these animals were fed with garbage and my plastic and that's yeah, disgusting. That's awful. It's absolutely disgusting. Anyway, gnarly. Next topic. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have anything or you want me to give you another one?
1: Well, I will say backing off of the, since we were talking about hospitals and medical stuff, I did find a wacky news article that I wanted to share. And then this will kind of, maybe we can get into later the deeper issue behind this, but because of everything that's going on with this SCOTUS case right now, Mm -hmm. Vice News put out a new article where they are recommending a new drug that is actually a veterinary drug and the article states, misoprostol is relatively easy to acquire from veterinary sources, since in addition to medically inducing abortions, it's also used to treat ulcers in horses. So I read that yesterday, and I find it fascinating. And, that, and this is an anarchist. They're pushing that these anarchists are coming up with all these ways so that everyone can go get their abortions. But I found it very ironic um, Mm. that they are pushing a horse pill that probably actually isn't approved for humans, maybe, maybe not, I will look into that. When Vice News not too long ago put out articles saying that Joe Rogan was crazy to recommend ivermectin, which is for humans, and -hmm. they called it a
0: horse pill. How did they they get away with that? How did they do that without anybody going, hey, you fucking hypocrite? What the hell? It seems like it's on purpose. Yeah, it's got to be. Because it's so ludicrous. To just make
1: to make fun of everybody because if you go through their tweets it's vice I forget what it's called advice something uh it's like their tech
0: mm-hmm. version
1: um but if you go down the tweets they have a whole thread and they're like yeah some of you might say this sounds like what Joe Rogan was recommending but that is not proven to work and this, uh, is actually successful at what it does. Unlike Ivermectin, which only gives you the shits is literally what they said, which is hilarious because I had COVID for a month and then took Ivermectin
0: and was cured in two days. So they can suck it. Oh my God, man. (laughs) Vice they're on a good one. I used to think that they were reputable, like, you know, pre 2016. And I read a lot of their stuff, watched a lot of their documentaries. And I was like, man, this is a really great journalist um organization and they've proven to be nothing but trash since just that's unbelievable that is just crazy to me Yeah. (sighs) okay so have you heard about madison cawthorn being popped with a gun at tsa for a second time
1: i didn't know it was the second time but yes i did hear about this (laughs)
0: So, okay. Was he legally
1: carrying? Cause I didn't read
0: into it. Yeah. I think he was legally carrying. He was legally carrying. He had forgotten about it in his carry on. It was loaded and it was the second time, I guess. But of course they use it as an opportunity to totally smear the hell out of him, which I'm a huge fan of him. I love him. I think he's amazing. He gets on the floor and he says everything that needs to be said. And so, of course, he's a threat. Um, And not only were they smearing him with this gun, simple, simple mistake, kind of dumb. You know, you'd think that he'd be really ultra, ultra careful. But also, they were putting out news that he was being groped by a friend of his, and there was some really awful stuff put out there about him being kind of promiscuous. um, Which I don't buy into any of that. But it's interesting to watch. Who's a threat because there's a ton of smear news on them? So yeah,
1: absolutely. I mean, it's not a surprise whatsoever that they're gonna go after him. I think it's mm-hmm. funny the promiscuous thing, because <laughs> it's like, what? what? are we are we are we not against that now? We're putting 12 year olds on Netflix like masturbating, and you guys are worried about a grown man that was promiscuous. once, mm-hmm. like, give me a break. But um yeah, I don't know. I saw it and I just didn't go into it because I'm like, well, it just depends. Was he, you know, within the law and what he's doing? Obviously, they're going to go after him. But you know what? I I did tweet something about it. You know, I saw my little moments where I get on Twitter mm-hmm. and I forget who was going after him. It might have been AOC or oh, no. What's that actress that god awful redheaded actress? Oh, um, the Ka- one Kathy, Kathy Griffin. Griffin. Yeah, I believe it was her, I don't want to mistake, it was one of them, but I think it might have been her who was like coming against how awful it was. And I tweeted something like, you know, something about, I remember a time where an actor shot someone on set and still didn't go to prison. <laughs> uh-huh. I wonder if he spoke out this much back then. I'm like, really, the guy had a legal weapon and he's probably heavily trained for because most gun owners um, yeah have to go through classes they're heavily trained they like shooting they know more about guns and then we have this celebrity super liberal lefty <laughs> they literally murdered someone and isn't arrested so I maybe sit this one out sit this one out hollywood
0: that's crazy learn how yeah. to use
1: your guns
0: first. it's, it's crazy <laughs> and if anything our our congressmen and women especially you know on the conservative side should probably be carrying especially if they are a threat because their lives are at risk, you know, people want them. So I don't know.
1: Absolutely. No, I I agree fully. Um, So I'm just going to jump right into SCOTUS leak. I think that's the Mm -hmm. biggest thing happening right now, whether it's a distraction, whether it's, I mean, it's, it's many things in my opinion, I'm really curious to hear your thoughts, but for anyone who's been living under a rock uh, recently, uh, they were about to vote to overturn Roe versus Wade. And the vote is coming up. I'm not sure the day, but it was leaked. Documents were leaked that they had voted that they were going to vote to overturn it. Now, the leak is, I think Justice Roberts confirmed that it was a leak and it's illegal. And I don't know when I've ever seen a SCOTUS stock leak. I think there was a leaked thing around right before they uh chose the electors or before they voted on january 6th there was another leak Mm -hmm. from about roberts saying we're not gonna vote or no it was one of the election things and roberts was saying we're not gonna um allow this to go through because there will be riots in the street so these two instances i found very interesting but i'm really curious what your thoughts are on all this
0: well, of course, of course, I think that they're, they're getting everybody all riled up and everybody is totally chomping at the bit about it, you know, and it shows the blatant hypocrisy of this whole bodily autonomy thing, as well as, um, the, the definition of a female and it's, it's just basically showing us how full of shit they all are really. And I don't know, I'm, I'm super pro-choice. I've always been, but I'm starting to teeter more on the sanctity of life in my older years and seeing the value of saving these children because it's the right thing to do. It really is. It's the right thing to do. Now, of course, I think that everybody has a right to their own body, but, um, and just seeing how strongly people are going against it and how hypocritical that they are being regarding this when it came down to the vaccination and how they wanted everybody to be mandated. It's just, they're, they're out of their fricking minds. And I just want to be against all of that, you know, and I want them to see yeah. our side of things. So maybe, maybe they are, but it's like it feels like this is another way of manipulating the public. Yeah. I don't know.
1: Absolutely. No, and it's very I feel surprising.
0: I th- it's it surprising. is surprising
1: to me too. I, you know, I have m- many feelings about it because I don't think any one issue is one thing we can say, yes, they're manipulating their public. We can also say this is kind of a big deal because there's 20 some States that have stated they will, um, I don't know, end it or whatever, should this SCOTUS thing come down? It has a lot of implications and it's a really tough one because I'm like you, I've been pro-choice my whole life. Um, I've never been the celebrate abortion type. I don't understand Mm -hmm. those people, Mm -hmm. but I've always been your body, your choice, whether Mm -hmm. it be a vaccination or an abortion. And I can't even say that I have, I still don't feel that because there's this woman that is a free birth coach and she's wonderful and she's all about pregnancy and and motherhood, but she is kind of, she made me think a few months ago when she brought this up and she was saying that the government doesn't have the right to dictate what we do with our bodies. And these laws are, are kind of a facade to make us think that it's up to them mm-hmm. because yeah. you can't stop a woman from having an abortion or not, regardless, it's no one's right, but her own. And there's something about that that's very true and it taps into my belief in sovereignty. Mm -hmm. Uh, The part where it gets confusing for a lot of us is when there's another life involved. Um, But I don't know. It's complicated. It is extremely complicated. I don't judge anyone that's having an abortion. I don't see it the way that some people do in an extremist place. Mm -hmm. But I also am really deeply disturbed by the culture that is proudly Mm -hmm. celebrating it as though it were something to be uplifted and bragging about multiple abortions, like, like almost like a trophy, Mm -hmm. uh, this Hollywood culture of like that woman at the time I watched her and I felt inspired. And then I've been changing as I've like had this experience over the last couple of years with God and with understanding the sanctity of life and understanding sovereignty where like you I'm changing, but now, when I look back, I see her literally holding this golden statue saying, I couldn't have had this if I didn't have the abortion. And I'm thinking it's very interesting to me that this, this narrative and this agenda is pushing women to celebrate it, where right. it should be a, a, just a sad thing. Like, even if you have to get one, I imagine you should have to have emotions. No woman that I've ever talked to who's had one, hasn't told me it's been really difficult You know, they've all said it was not easy. And I think that respecting the process, Mm -hmm. I would like to see come back again. Even if you get an abortion to understand, like, be connected to what's happening in your body and in your life in that moment, it's okay to be connected to it. And that it just seems like there's a separation between people's hearts and their bodies lately. And that's deeply disturbing to me.
0: Absolutely. It's as if they're making it a, a casual Um, occurrence, a casual event, and that it's, you know, it's not a big deal. It is, it it is a big deal. And it's, it's very sad, um, no matter. And the response, I,
1: I, I used to get so angry when people would be like, just wear condoms because they're always going to give you those one instance where it happens, but there's zero dog of responsibility. Mm -hmm. And I think that prepping young kids and teenagers like in sex ed class or whatever should include, the importance of it to talk about this is what studies show these women experience guilt, depression, all these things afterwards, like those things should be added into the information packet. Planned Parenthood should be providing a holistic understanding of the concept before it's done, not just pushing and making it easy. And so anyway, uh, aside from all of the emotional aspects of it, the distraction element is... Mm -hmm. I saw someone on uh, Instagram break it down really well, basically saying Joe Biden is completely failing, and <laughs> we're in a midterm season, and his his ratings are dropping substantially. And then we saw they tried to do this law in Texas and in Florida, and you didn't see Democrats really fighting back. It's like he said they were almost waiting for this moment when it went to SCOTUS, and now we see the Senate is trying to make a federal law or whatever that it'll be across the nation, Uh, abortions will be protected across the nation. So now they're doing that and they're attaching it to Joe Biden. And then all of the basically moderates and lefties who are in the middle will see this moment in the midterms and think that they have to vote blue in order to save women from you know, their rights being taken away and forgetting everything that's happened over the last two years, which is at this point, or even the last year, when you talk about all of the bad consequences of Joe Biden,
0: that's um, a huge so I think point. That, yeah. yeah.
1: I think that it's very strategic.
0: Yeah. You're right on about that. Well, he came out, was it today or yesterday he came out and he He said that the MAGA crowd was the most extremist group in the in U.S. history. I'm like, are you kidding me? (laughs) The MAGA crowd.
1: You know, what's funny? The MAGA crowd is 80 million votes that we know of.
0: Mm -hmm. And those those are people that are in the middle like me and you that aren't that are at heart liberal people that care for people. This is I think you're right it is strategic it's to get those people that already hated Biden but don't want them to be siding with the maga crowd this will get them to vote blue i think you're totally right about that because you if, know go ahead well if people are afraid that whoever this next candidate's going to be is going to do that to this country they will regardless of what has happened, you know, recently, Mm -hmm. currently, they will do that for this cause because it is the most intense cause that I think our country has been faced with. I mean, besides civil rights, of course.
1: And it's a heavily emotional one on both sides. You see equal passion on both sides, which is Mm -hmm. rare for an issue, it's so deeply personal as a woman so I can understand that passion about it and then on the other hand I am finding myself becoming a big softy again and seeing these videos of children in the womb and crying because Mm -hmm. I'm like that's a damn baby (laughs) Mm -hmm. that's a baby and I'm watching the way they move and the way they kick and the way that they and like I my heart is just flooded with like love for that innocent life. So I'm becoming this person who's like, oh, I get why it's emotional on both sides. I try not to attach
0: myself too much, but it's hard. It is. But I think you, you nailed the head, nailed it right on the head. When you said, um, they're not talking about personal responsibility and personal accountability. And as you know, we have wombs, we are ultimately responsible, like who we have sex with, whether or not we use contraception, whether or not um you know I'm not big the victim blame but ultimately it is up to us to keep ourselves safe and it is up to us to keep our children safe as well and i think that there is um lack of personal responsibility to make sure that if you don't want a baby either you know i know it's not as cut and dry as this but if i didn't get pregnant and i have had a lot of sex if i didn't get pregnant it was because i didn't i intentionally tried not to get pregnant, you know, and I know it's easy for me to say, but that's really what I believe. It's like, uh, I don't know. It's, it's really troubling to me because I also am a firm believer that if there is a defective fetus that would not survive outside of the womb, I do believe that it is the most humane thing to do would be to terminate the pregnancy. And I know a lot of people don't feel that way
1: well and I I tend to think like the thought hit me today like what if and I know we always use these what if scenarios we have to because it affects women uh rape trauma all these things but like what if it was incestual Mm -hmm. what if it was your father that raped you like To put that on a girl to have to go through carrying that child and then every time she looks at the child you're putting a lot of hope that she'll be traumatized is it the baby's fault that that happened no. But is it that his daughter, that baby's fault? And should she pay this? Like, you know, I think there's times when, but I think the answer is somewhere in the middle. And a lot of times we're just like one or the other, and it's Mm -hmm. this polar extreme. I don't think it should be abolished. My heart just doesn't say that that makes sense. But I think that there should come with it a lot of heavy counseling, a lot of education. understanding the gravity of the decision and I feel it's the same it's similar with um transitioning you know mm-hmm. like I was listening to Blair White the other day talk about how it better she was talking to Buck Angel who when he transitioned he had to try it on for a year before he could do anything fit like that was the law at the time like basically you have to like dress in the way you want to be embodied this person, you know, you can do parts of the things, but before you can cut your tits off or whatever, sorry, if I said that on your,
0: oh, no, you're fine.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but, um, it's like, and that was basically to make sure it wasn't just a moment, a fleeting thing. And she was saying within five minutes, you can schedule an appointment to do this. So the whole point is like both issues were just rushing into these heavy medical choices that have consequences on the person getting them. And in this case on an unborn life, um, I think, yeah, putting more education because a lot of people, I think when looking at it holistically in a really fair, safe environment might come to a different clu- conclusion, another mm-hmm. option, option that you don't see Republicans talk a lot about is resources for women. Like, why aren't they building, and I know some are, but building all of these resources, why don't we have a counteractive Planned Parenthood? I know there is one, I can't remember the name, but, um, heavily focus more on how that woman could find help right? and donations where we could help women in need who are struggling with that decision. Like if you have your baby, like here's how we'll be there for you through therapy, through childcare, through whatever, like where's that alternative? Right. Absolutely. It's just a lot of judgment. And I don't like the judgment element of it.
0: I think if they were able to separate the church from the pro-life movement, then that might yes. help some people because if when it's attached to that, people just don't, they don't want it. Um,
1: we can't say things like killing babies because that's just like, a, I, I'm in a telegram group and we're talking a lot about this in the feed. And someone was like, I had an abortion and God forgave me, but I, you know, da da da, and, and someone was like, yeah, but you're still a murderer. Oh, she was no. talking about having- yeah. yeah. She was talking about having, we need to have compassion for these women. Absolutely. She regrets her decision. And I'm just like, you're so like, really? Like those types, the heavily religious types mm-hmm. that are so hateful, like that's not helping the cause. But I do have to say on a funny note, lighthearted note, I did see come across my feed, this group, this large group of LGBTQ atheists uh-huh. who were protesting the, uh, we were protesting abortion. Really? They were calling for the abolishment of abortion. and i I just like things that aren't usual. and to see them very passionately out there with their rainbow flag saying this need we need to abolish Roe versus Wade, whether I agree or not fully, um it's it's interesting that you're seeing people kind of cross lines a little
0: mm-hmm. bit. yeah, it's really refreshing to see other people's perspectives on this. And I think I think ultimately it should be up to the mother. And the father, I think, you know, if they both, you know, the father has a say, so then I should, he should, he should have a say, so, but ultimately a great it's going to be, yeah. Um, uh, another thing is the NIH and the N-A- NIAID giving money to Planned Parenthood for aborted fetal body parts for their, um, their medical research. That's got to mm. stop because they're paying top dollar for, um, human body parts, which is illegal to do that. But for some reason they've been allowed to, and that's just been such big industry for them that that's what they care about. They don't care about these mothers that are, that are, you know, in need, they care about their money, you know? Absolutely.
1: No, that's the thing. When we start to,
0: corporatize
1: these things and it becomes a business. It's a very real problem. I did an episode called Matters of the Heart. If anyone wants to go back where we discuss this uh, a little bit deeper and we talk about some of the Planned Parenthood eugenics stuff and the history of it, but it's pretty dark and that's the thing I wish people understood is like, once you look at the intention of Mm -hmm. this and most people are saying this will, but you're right. They're, they're making money off of it. There's profits. They're using aborted fetal cells and vaccinations as Mm -hmm. we know. And it's pretty crazy. Another thing i noticed today uh come up in my feed and I looked up um just an interesting note is that in 1981 Joe Biden voted to let the states overturn Roe versus Wade which isn't necessarily an argument because people can change their minds um to be fair I'll just say that that's a possibility but um he's singing a whole different tune right now
0: oh absolutely yeah he's he's jumping on that bandwagon because he knows everybody is just really upset with him. Speaking of being upset with him, how do you feel about the Homeland security Bureau of disinformation, this whole ministry of (laughs) truth that's in the news?
1: Are we surprised? Are we surprised?
0: (laughs) No. I mean,
1: what are you even going to do? We just found out that the CDC was spying on millions of people. Uh, locations and their cell phones to see if they were following pro covid protocol like they're coming out that they're going to have this committee but this committee's been around for a very mm. long time and they've been totally doing they're they're monitoring us or everyone like when they say it out loud everyone's like no and i'm like been happening yes, like, doing
0: you it. just like space force <laughs> space forces has been for a very long time it's not like we haven't had, you know, the military industrial complex in space is just they're just starting to um, trickle disclosure and give us a little bit. And this kind of seems just like that. But the fact that they're putting it out there, at least it's it's brought it up as a topic of discussion. And it's not just conspiracy theory mumbo jumbo anymore, that this is actually fucking happening. And I'm sorry for saying the F word so many times on your podcast. <laughs> Are you
1: kidding? It's my favorite word. Okay, good. Everybody knows that. (laughs) I was like, I forget sometimes what I could say on yours too. And I'm like, oh yeah,
0: (laughs) (laughs) you could say it all. But yeah, this is like straight out of 1984, George Orwell, Ministry of Truth. Um, You know, I wrote you know that book
1: is iconic obviously I'm sure everyone's read it at this point I hope so um it's just a fun little documentary about where we are written from the past but I wrote down on my list of things today the meaning of double think because I realized a lot of the topics we're going to cover we're going to be double think so with the ivermect the horse drug that's good the horse drug that's bad we have my body my choice unless it's a vaccination um all of the different things what you just brought down with the ministry of truth um Double think, just going to read it, is the power of holding two contradictory beliefs in one's mind simultaneously and accepting both of them. So just something to keep in mind, since we're talking about George Orwell, that Mm. everyone's like, they're they're contradicting. Oh my God, look at them. They're contradicting, but it's on purpose. It's meant to confuse us. It's meant to, yeah. And then the ministry of truth is there to tell you what's lies and tell you what's truth. And they're breaking down our minds to the point where we are either super confused. We just straight up give up because we're exhausted Mm -hmm. or we're programmed completely to where we can believe them. And I'm sure you've experienced as I've talked to people who will tell me two conflicting thoughts and believe both of them. Yeah. And I'm like, I can't get through their brain to make them understand that they can. And I'm just like, what is happening?
0: (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's freaking bizarre. I've watched people do it myself and. You know, it's just kind of like this whole, you, you know, they're the ultra left, um, you know, BLM, but then they're, they're being ultra racist and they say what they say. It's absolutely insane that they. Oh, yeah, uh, the L- go ahead. The
1: LGBTQ is the party of inclusivity and mm-hmm. they're the most exclusive people ever, even to their own who disagree. It's like it's, they always say these words, it sounds really good. And that's why a lot of us were liberals for so many years, because it was like, I, I believe in all the words you're saying. And then you peel back the surface a little, you're like, oh, it's all rotten in here. This is none of the things it's supposed to be. Damn it. I was duped.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Well, speaking of, you were talking about double think and kind of what they're doing to break us down. Ivory Hecker, I don't know if you follow her. She had, yes. um, Paul Williams, um, on her show, talking about hypnotism and how how we can kind of break away from this hypnotic trance that we're in due to this repetitive um, talk online on on the news the the double the double speak the double think and that what you can do is you can list things you know beyond a shadow of a doubt and then try to debunk those things that you know beyond a mm-hmm. shadow of a doubt and that will help. Um, Strengthen your critical thinking and helps reset your brain that that little exercise just by writing down the things you know for sure, and then convince yourself that you don't know them for sure debunk those things for yourself, it will actually help your brain kind of like sort things out and figure things out. I thought that that was really interesting. And it's something I kind of, you know, worked on because I mean metaphysically do we actually know that this is our actual reality is this. Not a simulation, or is this a manifestation of each one of our um, perception? Do we really know that we're sitting here right now talking to each other, or that any of this is real? Not, not really. And and that right. you know, even some of the greatest philosophers said um, that the only time you know you're really on track is when you doubt all things, like not just not just the things you don't believe in, but all things across the board. Yeah.
1: Absolutely. No, I love that. I love, you know, it's it's a little sad, but it's also encouraging that we have people like Ivory out there counteracting with helpful ways. It's like mm-hmm. modern problems call for modern solutions. And it's that's a really beautiful thing, her bringing that up. It's similar to, um, I forget who wrote that book, Johnny the Walrus, I believe it is. I don't um, know. To, it's a child's book that came out a couple of days ago and it's a number one bestseller. Um, Amazon got so angry that they put it out because it's basically talking about a little boy who wants to be a superhero, wants to be this and then he decides he wants to be a walrus and the internet people find out that he likes to imagine and they try to make him become a walrus and he doesn't get to change his mind. So oh. it's all attacking like the trans stuff but he doesn't say any of it because it's a legitimate children's book. And (laughs) Amazon couldn't take it down because it didn't violate community standards, but they ended up recategorizing it as political instead of children's, but it's still number one with like a 97 point something crazy high rating. No kidding. And I'm sure people are trying to combat that. And I bought it (laughs) i'm gonna get in the mail and i don't even have kids because i want to support him but i was thinking that's what's up Mm -hmm. writing creative things using art using story using these tips like ivory to get people um back in their in their head Mm -hmm. (laughs) in the correct way because it's all backwards right now i wanted to read real quick since we're on the topic of this uh i won't read the whole thread but there's an account on instagram awake in the dream has dots in between each word and she puts out some really good stuff but um she was talking about everything going on she said we are immediately reactive on a top when we are immediately reactive on a topic that pops up in the newsfeed our cognitive abilities contract our tribal mob mentality expands and we become an unwitting pawn in a ludicrous ludicrous lucrative lucrative game for the few at the top that remain untouched by the laws they dictate and she goes on deeper and deeper about uh, breaking down some of the stuff so this is a current thing that myself you people like her ivory there's a lot of us who are instead of just reacting we're trying to zoom out and be like put all the pieces together and find a way to break through it Mm -hmm. you know so that gives me hope
0: Absolutely. And it's almost as if like we were, we were placed here to do exactly what we're doing and to think critically. Yes. Um, and there's not, it's not just us. So, you know, who who does that? What you were just saying is um, JP Sears is he takes all these insane ideas and he shows us how insane they are by, you know, injecting his own little comedy in there and, you know, plays it out and does these little skits to where you're like, yeah, that's exactly what's going on. That's exactly how crazy it is. And I swear people are like pulling their hair out because he's so fucking right.
1: (laughs) So, well, the funny thing is a lot, the comedy is such a beautiful thing because you don't even have to, the jokes write themselves with all Mm -hmm. the stuff that's going on. I mean, I've seen so many accounts. I love him, by the way, but I've seen all these accounts on Twitter who are like satire accounts. And on first look, you can't tell if they're satire or not, because that's how deranged Mm -hmm. the extremists, whatever they are, sound. And I'm like, they're just literally saying what they're saying. And it's comedy. And it's like, whoa. (laughs) But no, I think. I think comedy is going to get us out of this. I think the spirit of laughter does something different to our chemistry, and um,
0: absolutely, yeah, I think
1: the lightheartedness is necessary. And laughter, in the way that we bring the truth at this time, One, we're just too heavy, we need to break it down. We've talked about that before, but also, um, it's a way to to not become in an emotionally reactive state because i I do believe there is a bigger agenda to siphon our energy
0: mm-hmm. and to
1: keep us in low low vibrational spaces. and when we elevate from that, it's like they lose all their power. It's like, well, we have to take back our minds, and only we can do that totally and totally I love that. yeah, I love that. I wanna bring up real quick uh I noticed the Pfizer docs dropped uh, 80,000 new ones. I think every month at the end of the month or the beginning of the month, they are dropping another 80,000. So I haven't gone deep into it, but I did notice some disturbing things, but the one I wanted to bring up is they admitted that they had knowledge that the Pfizer vaccine was only 12% efficate for the first seven days. And after that dropped down to 1%.
0: No kidding. Yep. So who, who is combing through these 80,000 pages of docs? Like they've got to have, well,
1: they're available publicly. So a lot of people I would assume, but
0: yeah, I wonder, I just, I know
1: there, there's something else about pregnant women that they weren't testing. And they're like, we now know that they weren't that, um, they didn't test it on pregnant women, but they were encouraging them to get it. But I already knew that I talked about that. And I think mm-hmm. 2021 about, cause I read the study and they said, if you're pregnant, you can't participate in the trial and nobody cared when I said it then, but yep. we have more evidence of that now.
0: Yep. And then they were pushing people to get it and they were having spontaneous abortions or, or they were um, being born dead and a lot of people lost their kids. And that's, it's just like. More and more stuff's going to keep coming out. People are still dropping dead. We've been talking about this for a while and they're still pushing people to get it. Like my job, my, my boss, he cannot even teach a state run class for us here without having proof of vaccination. And as a matter of fact, this week, um, informed Washington sent me a zoom link for the state of Washington um, there's still, it's the vaccine advisory council. They're still trying to push it through to be on the schedule at schools. And I don't get it. I don't understand. They're still there. Are the like
1: unvaccinated a... even getting sick anymore? Everyone I know that's getting vaccinated, whether it's public figures or real life people are super vax. They're like triple vax. Yeah,
0: absolutely. They're the ones I... getting sick. Yep. None of us are
1: getting sick. They're yep. getting sick. We got it once. We're over it. Our immunity killed it. Um, we're good. We're living our lives. All these people keep getting it over and over. Yep.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep. They're keeping yeah. it alive. But they're still
1: pushing.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well. And it's uh it's like uh the the graphene oxide too. That's still, you know, we're still hacking what's going on. Um I don't it's just so freaking complex and there's so many, it's so multifaceted that it's so hard to figure out what the hell is going on and what the use, I mean, was it for population control? Were they trying to just get rid of people or are they collecting data on how they can manipulate our systems and our brains? And it's, um, it goes deep. Like, I don't know, dude. I that's the whole reason why I started fringe with benefits is because there's a lot of weird aspects to this. And it's like, we need to talk about them all yeah absolutely (sighs) um okay have you heard okay for one we've got these fires at these food plants of course the news is saying you know food prices are going up we're having food shortages also i heard that there were one-fifth of shipping containers that are backlogged due to the china lockdown And supposedly, um, farmers need to be worried about being attacked by hackers. This is per the FBI warning. Why would hackers want to attack our agricultural industry? Why on earth is the news pushing information about the food shortage? Of course, you know, they want people to be afraid. But if that was really happening, and they were at fault, wouldn't they kind of try to keep it under wraps, at least until things got really bad? And then what's up with these fires at all these food manufacturing plants? There were 18 over the last several months, 18. It had two planes. It was probably,
1: it it was probably climate change.
0: (laughs) I know those arsonists, man hired arsonists. And I'm sure that that's coming this summer and this fall as well, because they got to get those fires going like they've been doing. Another thing is the weird weather. Um, you know, they're spraying the hell out of our, our atmosphere. We know for sure. there's so sp-
1: bad where I live. Is it's it? It's so bad. Oh, yeah. We'll have a couple days where it's clear and then they'll... I mean, within an hour, I've taken a photo when they start. And then an hour later, the sky is just crisscrossed, like a checkerboard. And I watch them and I just, I i say to the sky, I'm like, you cannot permeate me. Nothing you send my way can harm me. And I mean it because I'm like, Good. I don't receive that. Like, I'm not taking it. Like, Mm-mm. my body is just going to reject that. But right. um, yeah, I noticed, I used to notice. I mean, it's not as bad lately. Like when they would spray heavily, I would feel sick. I would feel exhausted. I would feel just mm-hmm. like not myself, but, um, yeah, I mean, they're, think of what they're doing. They're trying their damnness to poison us in every possible way. I learned recently about how much plastic we eat in a year. It's like, Mm -hmm. it's like every week it's a credit card's worth. No kidding. No joke. And this is in our food. And I'm just kind of like, you know what, at the end of the day, I think they're trying all this stuff, but I just believe so heavily that we are so powerful and I'm so like, for me, I think about the placebo and the nocebo effect. I think about how powerful our minds are. And so I'm just trying to get in this space. Cause you could live in total fear. If you, the more you go down, these route, like, I'm pissed about the bacon thing. Cause like my mind has been hacked on the bacon. <laughs> I love bacon, but I can't eat it. I'll maybe overcome it. But like, cause I know it's, it's probably like that with everything I eat, mm-hmm. but um, they want us to be in a state of fear. And I'm like, they're trying all this stuff, but I just think. Think that we're more powerful and absolutely so, yeah we I, have the capacity. I think it's important yeah like you said to be prepared I think that's really important with food because that is no joke and shortages they've been predicting it in the news it's not just a conspiracy theory anymore so I think being prepared is smart and intelligent mm-hmm. um, but then with the mental stuff making sure that you're not in a place where you're stuck in anxiety and fear because that'll
0: make you sick Yep. Absolutely. I think you're totally right on about that because we say what happens with ourselves and with our body. Have, did you start your garden? Do you grow your own food?
1: Um, I have on and off. Uh, I had crazy years where I went bananas and right now it's literally just potatoes.
0: (laughs) Oh, that's good though. That's good. You're doing some.
1: I just, I took some time off, but no, I do. What about you?
0: Yeah, we do some stuff. Um, We've got a blueberry orchard. We've got a bunch of raspberries and blackberries on our property. And um, my boyfriend is like super talented when it comes to growing food. And he sent me something recently and it reminded me because I'd actually read all these books. If you've ever heard of Anastasia and the Ringing Cedars and how, Mm -hmm. okay, so it's kind of a long story, but this, um, Russian merchant, um, entrepreneur meets this woman in the middle of the Tyaga woods and, or Siberian forest. And she shares all these bits of knowledge about growing our own food and communicating with the earth and that, you know, you're supposed to like communicate and talk to your seeds, put them in your mouth before you plant them and communicate with the plants, walk among your, um, your plants barefoot, so your body can communicate with the soil and with the wow. plants and that they will tailor themselves for you. And if, I think it's the same as also when you're preparing your food to, you know, put high vibrational love, um, vibes into your food as you're preparing it, say a blessing before and you eat. That's all really important because we do have magic within us and that we have complete control over Everything. It was just we don't. They don't want us to know that. You know that they say that we only use ten percent of our brains. I think that that is just a lie. I don't think. I think that when you tell somebody that you're you're limited, and then they start to believe it, of course they become limited. But if you do not allow yourself to be buy into that, we have um, amazing capabilities. And I think you're like right on telling the freaking the chemtrails. You will not permeate my body. I will be healthy. Yeah. I will be right. And, um, I think, you know, not, I buying- gotta read that book. Oh, it's good. There's like, I think there's like four or five of them. They're really, they're really, really good. Kind of interesting, but um, it's true.
1: I quick story. I, I have always made guacamole Nico told me he was like, when we first met, He's like, your guacamole lasts forever, like for days and days and it doesn't go Brown. And, he was like I think it's like the mood you're in because like one day I was not feeling good I was kind of sick and I made guacamole and it turned like within an hour or two but then now if I make and I thought about that with all the food I make I try to be in a good happy space when I'm making it and so I'm good and it lasts longer it's no like kidding? a real thing that's awesome oh, yeah. I
0: love that yeah I love that
1: so yeah we Is need to anything else? um we
0: do I think that was it um did you well I I don't think it's freaking I don't think it means anything but Dave Chappelle was attacked on stage at the Hollywood Bowl that was interesting and it's some okay it's a, a rapper name no name trapper <laughs>
1: but <laughs> oh he's in jail now
0: yeah he's that poor suckers in jail he shouldn't attack him on stage but that was Pretty interesting how we do need to protect our comedians because laughter is what's going to get us through this for sure. Yeah,
1: that's really sad. I'm glad Dave's okay. He finished the show, so that's good.
0: Good. Yeah. It didn't look like that guy got, you know, the upper hand. It looked like he kind of was sloppy. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But no, that's all I got.
1: Awesome. This was fun. I think we're just at an hour exactly. So awesome. Yeah. Well, I enjoyed until this. Next we'll time. see you guys next. Exactly. In the next week or two, we'll come out with another. Let's see what this crazy world brings before then. <laughs> I know. I'm excited. Thanks, Ashley. And- Thank you. Have a good day. You Bye, too. everybody.
0: Bye. Inward Survival School of Magic is about energy vampires. Christiane Northrup wrote this incredible book. It's called Energy Vampires. I'm actually reading it right now. But I just recently received an article that she just wrote about, like, what to do and what's the best protection against them. She says that there's about 20% of all people, male and female, have these characteristics or are full-blown energy vampires. And that's, so that's like what one in five people And each one of them affects around five people. So to estimate, there's nearly 60 million people directly or indirectly affected by energy vampires. It's likely that you are in a relationship with one or know someone who is. Especially if you're an empath or highly sensitive. Now, these energy vampires in your life could be a parent, a colleague, someone that's a friend unless you've been threatened by one of these, you may not even realize you're dealing with one because they can be super charming and love bomb you. I've had a lot of people in my life that have had these characteristics and it's it's really disorienting. So, you know, once they've been love bombing you, then they're gonna blindside you with insults, shame you for whatever, it could be anything, and even abuse you and then they can become moody and distant, and you're walking on eggshells, expending even more energy while praising and admiring them to keep peace. Living with the constant stress and low self-esteem created by dealing with these kind of people can lead to chronic inflammation at a cellular level, and high levels of cortisol running through your body can make you really sick for, you know, if it's happening for a long duration. This, in turn, can encourage you to indulge in other behaviors such as poor dietary choices or even turning to alcohol or drugs. And then this further increases cellular inflammation and can lead to disease. So this is actually a risk to our life. Empaths don't realize that an energy vampire is sucking the life out of them until they become physically ill. So she gives us some strategies to help us protect ourselves from them. Number one, you realize that they actually exist and that a lot of people that you're in relationships with are energy vampires and a lot of people that are victim to energy vampires are empaths she says that we empaths believe everyone is good and often will stay in a toxic relationship too long while making excuses for these people because we don't want to admit that they're really in it for themselves and lack the empathy and that they don't care about you two keep gut instincts journal so i always talk about journaling your thoughts and your feelings well, if you're an empath, you're highly intuitive, and if you're with an energy vampire, you can lose the ability to believe what you feel, and you can stop trusting yourself, and that's, that's not good, right? So if you keep a gut instincts journal, you're going to pay attention to what your gut says about a person. For example, she says, does the person engage in risky behavior or threaten self-injury? Do they lie, cheat, or have recurring problems with the law? Keep track of how these situations play out. Even if your vampire is compelling and charming, don't talk yourself out of your gut instincts about people. Be sure to pay attention to how they treat all of the people they encounter, such as the waitress at the local restaurant or an entry-level employee. Three, find a reality check, friend. I could be that for you if you need. Be sure to have a clear-headed and trustworthy contact with vampire radar, she says. And these people you can reach out to when you're feeling uncertain. This person's probably going to try to at least know you kind of well and who hasn't been taken in by this other person that you're trying to determine whether or not they're a vampire. Call this friend, this reality check friend, whenever you're feeling unsure about a situation. You know what? These people will gaslight the hell out of you and you lose touch with what reality is all about when you're in these situations. You start to blame yourself. You start to not realize that you're the one that's being victimized. And then, you you know, it's like they make you believe that you're the one victimizing them. It's a really weird mindfuck. Number four, put yourself first. Energy vampires want control. They can be angry and manipulative and passive-aggressive. And they're great at splitting behaviors. That's pitting one person against the next. When you encounter these qualities, take a step back Ground yourself and remember that you are meant to live a joyful life in which your needs and feelings count. Then she says to pledge allegiance to yourself. And she says, here's an example that you can use. I pledge allegiance to myself and to my soul for which I stand. I honor my goodness, my gifts, and my talent. I commit to remaining loyal to myself from this moment forward for all of my days. I like that. Number five, pat yourself on the back regularly. A lot of empaths will give way too much credit and deflect praise for their own contributions, which we tend to downplay. She says to pat yourself on the back regularly for what you are and what you do well. Number six, be sure to say no. This is the best way to protect yourself and minimize your interactions with these people. You can do this by becoming, she calls it, empowered in the negative, or learning how to turn people down. Saying no takes practice but it's also all about compassion and we have plenty of it as empaths if you find it hard to say no at first start saying I'll get back to you the main thing is is you need to master the knee jerk yes that we're all victim to number seven get support I guess it's kind of the same as getting a reality check friend but you know maybe a little bit more expanded when you finally understand about energy vampires you're going to need some support not just from that friend. There are psychotherapists that specialize in narcissistic abuse recovery. That could be valuable. And then there are also narcissistic abuse recovery groups. If you haven't completely split from your vampire relationship, find a like a couple's therapist if you, if you can. Who knows how to deal with character disordered individuals. Eight, prioritize quality time with yourself take 15 to 20 minutes per day just for yourself and do something that supports your well-being. For example, I go to the gym um, at least five to six days a week and take an hour for myself. You can also choose to meditate, take a long bath, spend time going for a walk. Then you're going to visualize all the negative energy you've mopped up from others, draining your body and use some time to process your own emotions, to get in back, back in touch with your center. Number nine, set boundaries. Whether it's with social media, the news of your everyday relationship, setting boundaries is essential for your overall health and well-being. Limit your screen time. Read books instead. Listen to the news in small increments. And even though you have an impulse to help everyone, you cannot do it all. It will deplete you. If your friend wants to complain, vent, or process a recent breakup or loss, let them know you have a little time for them, but set a limit that makes sense and then get back to your own life and taking care of yourself. Giving yourself a little extra self-care will help you recharge your own batteries. Number 10, take inventory of your relationships. People you spend time with should fill you up, not drain you. If you're with someone who's sucking your energy just by their presence, This is a problem. They are potentially an energy vampire. These people often have little conscience or consideration of others, which means you'll never get the reciprocation that other healthy relationships usually have. And then the last thing is 11. Stay grounded in love. She says, as an empath, you are here to anchor the light. And the light of an empath is always grounded in love, compassion, and service. Not self-sacrifice and martyrdom. When you love yourself first, you stand as the light. This shows energy vampires that you are not available to be their prey, and you make it safer for others to do the same. Hell yeah. That's some great magic. Our Stoic Thought of the Week goes to... Soren Kierkegaard. He said, People demand freedom of speech as a compensation for the freedom of thought which they seldom use. There are two ways to be fooled. One is to believe what isn't true. The other is to refuse to believe what is true. Above all, do not lose your desire to walk. Every day, I walk myself into a state of well-being and walk away from every illness. I have walked myself into my best thoughts, and I know of no thought so burdensome that one cannot walk away from it. But by sitting still, and the more one sits still, the closer one comes to feeling ill. Thus, if one just keeps on walking, everything will be all right. Have a great week, everybody. Thank you for joining us.